here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the brand new Las Vegas Raiders. This is the Raiders Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary and Raiders Wire editor Marcus Mosher. When I went to Denver, um, you know, I, I, I knew a little bit of football. Um, I, didn't, I didn't really know people uh, and how important that aspect um, of, of this process and maintaining the culture and building the team uh, was. And, um, and, I, and I failed, and I didn't, you know, I didn't succeed at it. And so um, looking at that experience has been one of the best uh, things uh, in my life in terms of my overall growth as a, as a person, as a coach. What do I need to do different? How do I need to handle my role if I have another opportunity uh, and do better at it? And I feel like that's really a, an area that I've tried to grow in with our staff um, in New England. Um, you know, our offensive staff working together, collaborating, supporting one another, uh, impacting them, serving them, helping them grow as coaches, as players uh, with our with our with our guys, uh, you know, that we're coaching. So um, that's the biggest I would say that's the biggest area for me. Uh, and I know how important it is as a head coach to be able to do that. All right. Welcome into the show. There's new Raiders head coach Josh McDaniels. And we'll be talking about that higher throughout this episode. And we're glad to have you all here with us. Marcus, how the hell are you? Enjoying the NFL playoffs so far? Yeah, I mean the playoffs have been, I think, maybe the best Incredible. I've ever seen, like all the way through. Uh, but we've got a new head coach to talk about, Ryan. This is, this is really exciting. I, I gotta say though, on the Raiders wire, I, I I waited until I saw Josh McDaniel sitting on the at the press conference before <laughs> we wrote anything about him officially becoming the head coach. You're a smart man. You're a smart man. You know Josh <laughs> McDaniels' history. We'll talk about that a little bit here coming up. But what's give me your leadoff thoughts, Josh McDaniels, head coach, Dave Ziegler, the new GM of the Raiders. So I don't necessarily think this was the strongest coaching pool that we've had before. We also had like nine teams looking for coaches, right? So that makes it even harder. But I kind of think the Raiders got one or one of the two best options in, you know, in the market. I, I think Josh McDaniels is really good. He's been around the NFL forever. Uh, he's one of the smarter offensive minds in the league. And I think he's going to fit really well with this offense. So I, I, I like the Josh McDaniel hire. Yeah, we were, we were just talking like, uh, you know, Hunter Renfro. I mean, this guy, he, oh might, have two, he might have 200 receptions in Josh McDaniels' <laughs> offense next year. He's going to be awesome. Uh, and, and that was my big question, like, is Josh McDaniels and the Raiders the right fit, right? Because we talked in our, our last episode, Marcus, about Mark Davis having a choice, right? Mm-hmm. He, could, he could have kept the band together with Rich Passaccia. We know the players love Passaccia. They wanted him. They were, they were outspoken about that. Mark Davis said he interviewed Passaccia for five hours after mm-hmm. the season, so he was definitely someone they were they were looking at. So they could have just ran it back and tried to take another a run at it in 2022. They could also hit the eject button a little bit, bring in the new leadership and make sweeping changes to the coaching staff, maybe to the roster. Should Is that what we should expect now, right? With with them going this direction, um, should we start to expect like sweeping changes? Like this isn't like uh, let's run it back. Like we're, we're literally thinking like who does McDaniels and Ziggler like on this roster who is fitting their vision? Like, what changes are coming? Yeah, I don't think there's going to be huge changes, right? I think I think Josh McDaniels is probably going to keep the core of this team, and they're probably going to do little, you know, moves on the outside this year. This was a team that won ten games last year, and I don't think it was fluky at all. 
So can you make a couple spots better on the offensive line? Can you fix the defense a little bit? I don't expect this team to try to tear things down the way that John Gruden did in his first year with the Raiders, you know, trading away Khalil Mack. I, I don't I don't see anything like that. I think I think this is gonna be a team that wants to be competitive right away. All right, so let's pick our way through this intro joint press conference. Uh it did get off to a raring start. It was good to see Mark Davis <laughs> with that fresh haircut. Um, yep. And he introduced Josh as Josh McDaniel. So I thought that was kind of funny. Yep. Uh, and then Dave Ziegler is Dave Ziegler. So uh, the, the presser got off to a great start with Mark Davis. He's uh, he, It's always fun to see Mark in front of the mic, right? I mean, he's great. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's certainly a character. We'll just say that. <laughs> uh, one of my big takeaways here was just it did feel like Mark Davis met Josh for the first time on Saturday and announced him as the head coach on Monday. There was there was something fast about how this all went down, Marcus, right? Like and it did sound like listening to McDaniels talk, it almost sounded like Davis and the Raiders hiring committee sold McDaniels on taking the Raiders job and it wasn't like the other way around. It wasn't like McDaniels saying, Hey, here you know, here's why I'd be a great fit. It was almost like the other way around. Josh said, quote, I was very impressed with how exhaustive they were just in their evaluation of me and my fit and how I would fit into their vision. I thought that yep. little clip was really interesting. It almost sounded like Davis and the Raiders, maybe after they hired Ziggler, were like, we want this guy, and they went after him. Yeah, I think the Raiders had a couple names that they were really interested in. I think I think that John Harbaugh was one. Yeah. And actually, Jim Harbaugh, I think Jim Harbaugh was one, and I think uh, Josh McDaniels is the other. And through some back channels, they found out that McDaniels was interested in the job. And then they put on the full court press to go get him. Uh, I, I really don't think this is an interview like that. Hey, you're just trying to find the best candidate. You are trying to convince this guy that you're the right organization for him. Um, is that going to work? We'll see. But McDaniels has been picky before, right? Like obviously he, he turned down the Colts job after accepting it. I think he's always looking for the right situation. And I think this one makes a lot of sense for both parties. Yeah, he, he accepted the Colts job, and then Robert Kraft tackled him on his way to the airplane and said, "No, I'm going to pay you. I'm going to make you the highest paid offensive coordinator. Don't leave me." Uh, and, and Josh McDaniels. Wise decision, by the way. Yeah. Look, look how much I, I think McDaniel's. Not only did he win a couple Super Bowls after that, right? Uh, but I think he's grown as a coach, and he talked about that at his press conference. Right earlier in his career, he said he knew a little bit about football, but he didn't know about how to work with people. I think over the last decade of working in New England, I, I wonder how much he's kind of grown in that area. I agree with you. McDaniels has been very picky. So one one thing I was listening for in the presser, Marcus, was why is it the Raiders? Why is the Raiders that team that you've been waiting so long? You thought it might be the Colts, and you 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 know went back on that, went back to New England. Why are why is it the Raiders? And he kept talking about the brand being a draw, right? Mm. And while the Raiders brand is definitely timeless. This is a team that's bounced around, right? They bounce from Oakland mm-hmm. to L.A., back to Oakland. Now they're in Las Vegas. This isn't exactly like the Chicago Bears, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Dallas Cowboys, Green Bay Packers, right? The Raiders have been kind of all over the place, still kind of planting their roots right now in Las Vegas. I didn't feel like I, – I, I don't know. I was, I was looking for a, something different for McDaniels, maybe talking about the personnel. I, I wanted it to be a little bit more in-depth than him just talking about – walking through the halls and seeing the history at the new facility, right? I'm not buying that. I I just thought that wasn't as forthcoming as it should have been. So my guess as to why he didn't talk about the personnel is because he knows that it changes so much in the NFL, right? Uh, Three years from now, when he's still the head coach of the Raiders, 
there might only be one or two players that are currently on this team, you know, that are there. So that's not really the reason why you, you take a job. I think for him, it's a great stadium, great fans. And more importantly, you, you've got an owner that's probably going to stay out of the way and that's going to be patient. Uh, it, you know, John Gruden was not a success really at all for the f- first three and a half years that he was here. And there was never any push to get rid of him or anything like that. I think I think Mark Davis is going to be really patient. He's going to stay out of the way. He's going to let the front office and the coach do their thing. And that's really appealing to to younger head coaches. Just tell me that I want to be in Vegas. Like just tell me something truthful there, John. I mean, you know, listen, on. there's a blackjack table wherever you walk. So that's I mean, it's not a bad place to live in. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it I get it. A lot of that's just a joke. But uh, all right, so other takeaways from this presser uh speaking of the personnel, Marcus I love this reporter from Sports Illustrated. I forget who it was. Um, He didn't ask about Derek Carr's uncertain future with the new head coach and GM coming in. He didn't ask about Derek Carr's expiring contract. No, he said, how does it feel to inherit a top five quarterback, Josh? What do you think? So I loved how that that specific reporter asked that question. And I thought it put Josh in an interesting little spot because we don't know. This is a guy, Josh McDaniels, who went into Denver and promptly, you know, got Jay Cutler so disgruntled that he had to ship him out of town for Kyle Orton. In a couple first round yep. picks, right? So, yep. uh, I thought that was just a brilliant way to to phrase that question. Yeah, <laughs> they put him in a tough spot. But just kind of thinking about this in the ten thousand foot view, doesn't Derek Carr feel a lot like the Josh McDaniels type of quarterback? Right, gets rid of the ball quickly. Uh, kind of going to do exactly what the offense tells him to do. Does have a strong arm? Can win from the pocket? I I just think it makes a lot of sense on paper. We'll see if the Raiders do extend their car or what they want to do, but I, I kind of think this is a good match, Ryan. Yeah, me too. I think he'll get a lot out of Derek Carr's a damn good quarterback. Yeah. Um, he'll get a lot out of him. Just look what he did with Mac Jones. I mean, yep. come on. It's, it's going to be good. Uh, we do know this, that McDaniels is, uh, and I, I guess this is a speculation. I don't know if this has been reported yet, Marcus. School me if it has, but I, I would I would imagine McDaniels is going to be the play caller, just like he was in New yeah. England. Yep just like he was when he took that head coaching job in Denver. I don't know if I love the head coaches that bury their head in the play sheets uh, and just like barely pay attention on defense, but these coaches like McVay, LaFleur, Shanahan, these guys that are that are calling the plays and running the show on the sideline, they're kind of hot right now, and I guess I would be – I would imagine McDaniels is calling the plays for the Raiders, right? Yeah, I mean, look at the four coaches that were left in the playoffs, right? Zach Taylor calls plays, Kyle Shanahan calls plays, John Bay calls plays. They're hot. They're hot. And then Andy Reid and – Eric Bieniemy kind of split that duty. So, yeah, I think you hire McDaniel to call plays. He'll, I'm sure he'll bring in somebody to be the offensive coordinator that'll probably help, you know, focus on the game planning and maybe the offensive line and that kind of stuff. But when you hire somebody like McDaniel's, you do want him calling plays. And with McDaniel's calling the plays, like we mentioned, Renfro. I mean, McDaniel's knows how to get his slot receiver the football. We know that. I mean, last year, Marcus, not even to go back to Wes Welker and and, uh, and, and Julian Edelman, last year, his undrafted slot receiver, Jacoby Myers, caught 83 balls in this uh, in, yeah. in his offense with a rookie quarterback. So yep. the arrow is pointing up on Renfro and, and redraft fantasy and dynasty fantasy leagues, get Hunter Renfro at all costs. Uh, and then uh, even you look at Hunter Henry. He had nine touchdown catches for the Pats last year. How about Darren Waller in this yeah. McDaniel's offense? Right, it it could be fun. I think the pieces make a lot of sense in Josh McDaniel's offense. Right, we we've seen the Patriots be tight end heavy before. I'm not sure there's a team in the league that has a better one-two tandem at tight end than. 
the Raiders with Darren Waller and Foster Moreau. And they've got a running back that can catch passes out of the backfield, Josh Jacobs. Uh, they got a Pro Bowl fullback in Alex Ingle, who actually missed most of this year. Like, I think as long as they can find another outside receiver, which I don't think will be all that difficult, I think this is an offense that McDaniels is really going to like because of all the talent. Even if they don't get like a surefire outside guy, like McDaniels is used to that. Like, think about that. Those Patriots teams. I mean, they had Randy Moss. That was that was obviously a, yep. an eye popper, and they had Brandon Cooks for a little while. But like, have they had an outside wide receiver better than Zay Jones or like Nelson Aguilar? I don't know. Like, well, I don't think well, so. The, the good thing is that the Raiders want like to kill Harry. I'm sure they can get him for a song. <laughs> yes, oh, which song? There you go. Bag of footballs. He's getting to kill Harry. <laughs> All right, so we'll continue with Deflated this. Deflated or not? Yeah, exactly. Oh, wait, that's, that's, oh. All, oh, that's too oh. too soon. Believe me, Josh has learned all the tricks from New England, Marcus. Uh, we got more coming up. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about Dave Ziegler a little bit. And what's going on with the Raiders coordinators? We'll get into all that right after this. All right, we're back. And uh, Marcus, did you believe Dave Ziegler when he said that he was the GM and Josh was the coach? When asked about, yeah. you know, who has... Who has the uh, say over personnel? Yes, and it's so refreshing, right? It is. Before it, it was Gruden and Mayock basically just said yes or no to everything um, and really didn't have a say. Now we actually have somebody who their job is only to evaluate personnel and bring talent in. It should be much better. This, this structure is what it's supposed to look like. I think it's going to be much more successful. And I'm excited for the new era for the Raiders because, my goodness, the last one was frustrating. It was. It was It was a tough year. Uh, you know, I thought Mark Davis said it right. It was ups and downs. There were a lot of yeah. down moments last year, but then they, yep. they, got, to the, they got to the freaking playoffs. Uh, it was unbelievable. Um, the coordinators, Marcus. Who will be the Raiders coordinators now, right? Uh, there's a lot of unknowns going on. Like Gus Bradley, he's literally mm-hmm. interviewing for lateral moves as defensive coordinator, right? I saw a report that the Bears – could be interested in bringing in Rich Passaccia to run their special teams. And, like, literally, Rich Passaccia, like, Denver Broncos, Green Bay Packers, Buffalo Bills, these teams that struggle on special teams, like, go get Rich Passaccia. This yeah. guy's the man on special teams. But you know, what are you thinking for the for the coordinators? You guys had some stuff out on Raiders Wire about your top choices. What are you thinking there? What, what change could be coming? Are any of these guys going to get retained? Like, what are you thinking? If I was Josh McDaniels, the first thing I would do would be interview the guys that are already there. Interview Greg Olson, interview Gus Bradley and Rod Marinelli, and maybe even see if you could bring back Rich Passaccia. We know how much these players love Rich Passaccia. No doubt. That would help. Wouldn't that be, well, wouldn't that be awesome to bring him back? I, I don't think he's going to get a head coaching job anywhere else. Why not bring him back to the, the organization that absolutely loves him? But I kind of think McDaniels is going to bring in his own system, and it's unfortunate because I think Greg Olson's a pretty good offensive coordinator. I think he'll be out. Defense is where it gets interesting because what do they want to do? Do they want to be a 3-4 front? Do they want to stay in a 4-3? Does it even really matter? I'm not sure that it does, but I think a guy like Gerard Mayo, who the Raiders actually interviewed to be one of their head coaching candidates, that would be a promotion for him from going from inside linebacker to defensive coordinator. I think that's the most likely outcome. Uh, But there's a lot of guys out there that would make some sense, whether it's – Chris Richard for the Saints, defensive back coach. Uh, what about Wink Martindale from the Ravens, who was fired just a couple weeks ago? I think that would make some sense as well. I get the sense, though, that the Raiders are, are they're going to take their time. They're going to interview six, seven different candidates for each side of the ball before they make a decision. Yeah, I know I know. Mayo has a lot of history as a Patriots player, and he's he's been coaching there. But, like, Belichick's literally got him as the co-defensive coordinator with uh, Steve Belichick, Belichick's son. Yep. Uh, Bill's son. So uh, I think if you were trying to get Mayo over to Vegas to be the defensive coordinator, he would accept that 
in a heartbeat. I think you could get Gerard so Mayo well. if you wanted him. That'll be interesting to see how that plays out. All right, before we go any further here, Marcus, we have to hit on Josh McDaniels' uh, history as a head coach, and it's not flattering. I-, I did see one Broncos blogger wrote, a rabid Wolverine released into the locker room would do less damage to the Raiders than Josh McDaniels. That's what one oh, Broncos blogger wrote. That's just a, listen, that's a bitter Broncos fan, which <laughs> yeah. I get. Listen, I, I understand those those two years in Denver were not great, but come on. I think, I think we got to give him a second chance. He was given a lot of personnel control uh, when he went over to Denver. I forgot that he was 33. He was the yeah. youngest head coach in NFL history, Marcus, when he went to Denver. And he was basically trying to be Bill Belichick, right? He was going over there trying to be the man – this 33-year-old kid trying to be the man when he doesn't have that pedigree, that respect yet, right? And you got to kind of earn it. And so just like, let's go let's go back over his short tenure with the Broncos, right? He goes in there. Jay Cutler was the Broncos franchise quarterback at the time. He was only 25, but he mm-hmm. demands a trade when he finds out that McDaniels, his first-year coach, tried to acquire Matt Castle in a trade with the Patriots mm-hmm. after Matt Castle had replaced Brady after his ACL tear. Uh, McDaniels wanted Matt Castle. Jay Cutler gets pissed, so the Broncos end up trading Cutler to Chicago for Kyle Orton and a couple of first-round picks. Kyle Orton, sneaky good fantasy quarterback yeah. back in those days, Marcus. Yeah. I used to like him. Uh, then the Broncos go out there with Kyle Orton under center and get off to a 6-0 start, uh, mm-hmm. but it went off the rails. They missed the playoffs, and then that next season, you might remember the Raiders went out there and hung 59 points on them. That was the, yep. the game Darren McFadden rushed for 165 yards, three touchdowns, averaged 10 yards per carry, and the Bron- it just went off the rails, and McDaniels didn't even get to the end. He was uh, fired after the Broncos and McDaniels were each fined fifty grand for taping a 49ers pregame walkthrough before the game at Wembley Stadium in London. And it's like, Marcus, where the hell did he learn that from? I have no idea. I have no uh, idea. I, I have no idea where <laughs> what McDaniels was doing. Uh, so just unthinkable there. Uh, and then, of course, the Colts had him hired, attempted to hire Josh, but he backs out right before the introductory press conference and uh, goes back to New England. So... It's a checkered pass with McDaniels. Apparently, Mark Davis is looking past that, but we can't talk about Josh McDaniels as a head coach without going over this really weird trajectory to get to this point for him. Yeah, although I will say some of his personnel decisions weren't as bad as it appears. Um, In 2010, that's the year they drafted Tim Tebow. Uh, I know that wasn't good, but they grabbed (laughs) Demarius Thomas in that class. They got Zane Beatles, J.D. Walden, and Eric Decker all in the same class. That was a great. And those class. guys were good. Yeah, those guys were good. Tebow um, though, didn't he trade like he traded up for that? Yeah, uh, <laughs> you tried um, to gloss over that, but good for you. You started with Tebow, so I got to give you credit. And uh, I'm actually on Pro Football Reference right now, and I'm looking to see who his defensive coordinator was in 2010. Do you know who it was? I can't remember. Don Wink Martindale. So okay. I wonder. All right. I so wonder. That was probably handpicked back then. I'm sure it was. Um. He also had Adam Gase as his wide receiver coach. Let's bring everybody back. Bring Adam Gase back. I want I want him back in the NFL. Uh, I mean, I mean that would be good no. for content, but I have I want nothing to do with Gase and that weird look he has on the sideline. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I just think it was a case of giving someone too young too much power, and hopefully he learned. Um, I still think he should get some say in picking players, not not as much as John Gruden had, but. Listen, Ryan, I'm optimistic. I, I think this I hear is a good voice. Hire. I do. I like it. You are optimistic. I mean, this is a really tough division, but I think Josh McDaniel is going to be one of the better coaches in the league. It's going to be fun playing Denver, too, and him going to Denver for those games. It's just going to, that's going to be fun to, to, yep. to watch that play out. It's going to be good. And uh, you know, my last question on McDaniels, and I'm sure we'll be, we'll be coming, circling back on this throughout you know, the offseason and next year, but uh, pairing McDaniels with Ziggler, right? Two guys from 
the Patriots mm-hmm. organization. The Giants did something very similar when they hired uh, Joe Shane and Brian Dayball, right? They got them both from the Bills. So do you like this strategy from Mark Davis and the Raiders and their hiring committee going for two guys that are connected that are going to want to work together, that like each other and and all that? Is that the right way to go? Maybe that's like a new wave for the NFL. I think it is, right? I think kind of attaching those guys at the hip makes a lot of sense. There, there's not going to be any backstabbing or power plays here. I think both guys are going to know their jobs, know their, know their roles. And listen, I think that's great. We don't need any Game of Thrones kind of stuff going on here <laughs> in, in, in Las Vegas. Just go out there and do your job. Oh, man, we're starting to sound like New England all over again. This is awful. <laughs> Watch yourself now. Watch yourself. <laughs> all right. So we've gotten through this whole podcast without mentioning Tom Brady. So I've, I've been able to keep my emotions in check here. Tom Brady officially retired today. Um, yeah. And I am, and, uh, you know me, I am a Tom Brady uh, supporter. Um, but let's talk about the Super Bowl. So we've, we've now, it's now official. We'll be back next week to do our annual prop bet um, episode where we talk about the best prop bets to bet on for the Super mm-hmm. Bowl. Let's end it here, Marcus. Just give me your, your opening thought on the spread. You know, I love that these lines come out right on Sunday night after the championship games. It's just great. You get that line right away. It opens at minus four. I think it dipped to three and a half on Sunday, but right now it has climbed to four and a half on Tipico. Uh, my head says bet the Rams. Yeah. I just feel like it's their year. My heart says root for Joe Burrow. So I'm yeah. very torn on what to do with my annual $100 spread bet that I queue up. Uh, I've almost I've almost pulled the trigger on Rams minus four multiple times. I have not pulled it yet, and now I'm pissed because it's four and a half. <laughs> so what's your lead thought on the spread, though? Yeah, I... I'm really rooting for Joe Burrow. I'm rooting for the Bengals because that'd be an awesome story. But you're right. This is just a terrible matchup for the Bengals, right? Like Aaron Donald is going to wreck shop in this game. It's a bad and matchup I think in that regard. It's, a, it's just a horrible matchup for them. I, I think the Rams could easily blow out the Bengals. If you can get this at an alternate spread at three, I, I would do that. But I, I'm not afraid of four and a half for the Rams. I, I, I would not be shocked that this is a double-digit victory for the Rams. I was kind of hoping the public would be so on the Burrow thing because Burrow is so he's so fun he's so easy to like. Still might be. Yeah. They, it would not shock me if this go, line goes down to like three and a half. So you think that could happen? Because I was I'm almost expecting it to go the other way, like maybe climb to five or five and a half once <laughs> once the real money yeah. comes on. But I think the actual public betting would probably back the Bengals. I think we'll see that, but I'm worried the money will come on the Rams and push it up. But which way do you think the line will move? What's your gut? My gut is probably going to go a little closer to the Bengals. I think okay. people are going to. I think people are just going to want to want to bet on Joe Burrow and the Bengals. And I think there's a lot of value there as well, especially with how close these playoffs have been. You know, so many of these games coming down to the final play. But I. <laughs> Listen, Ryan, if that, if that line moves at three and a half, we should jump all over it because I, I be just pouncing. don't see yep. I just don't see the Bengals winning this game. I think under four I would pounce. Um, yep, I, I agree. Should, I should have pounced at four, so now i got to wait and, and hope it moves. Um, I, I, do, I do love Burrow. I just can't get over the fact that he was sacked nine times against the Titans, and they're going against this Rams front, which is <laughs> which insane. Is much better. And, yep. they, and they just they took the game over at the end there um, at, with, with Jimmy G. But I do like the Rams. Another reason to like them, Marcus – they keep trying to lose these playoff games, right? They tried to give it to the Tampa Bay Bucks. They blow a twenty-seven to three lead. They still win. They yep. they give they spot the 49ers ten points in their home stadium, and they still come back and win that game, right? So it's just like they're trying to to lose these games and they can't lose. That's a sign. If, if the Rams play like an A minus game in the Super Bowl, well, this is probably what a two touchdown win for them at least. 
And that's what I keep coming back to is yeah. their, their A plus game or A minus game is just so much better than what the Bengals can do. Uh, it's why, I, listen, I've already bet on the Rams and I, I feel very good about it. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to our, uh, our our talk next week on the prop bets. Uh, a bunch of my buddies listened last year. Everybody was on the Doink special. Everyone was rooting for a Doink. There was a couple <laughs> yep. kicks that came close, and like my phone was blowing up. Oh, we almost had the Doink. So, uh, looking forward to uh, to next week's chat, man. That's always an all timer. Hopefully, people yeah. are looking out for that. Oh man, I've already got like four or five really good props lined up. I'm, I'm really excited. Okay, I can't wait to get my little notebook out because I'm a dinosaur. Get my little notebook out, write it down <laughs> as Marcus tells me what to do. Um, we'll come back and, and talk to you all next week on that. Uh, in the meantime, check out Raiders Wire and don't forget to hit the subscribe button on this podcast. We appreciate you all. Catch you next time. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.